Today's episode of 755 is Real is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Braves tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Now let's get to the show. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome to Seven Fifty Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves left-hander, and it is playoff time. Eric, what's up out in Seattle, man? There's no playoffs out there. No, no. We're doing the rebuild out here. Uh, it's getting cold. Down, we got down to about 42 degrees last night. Um, I'm not really happy about summer being over, but playoffs are going to be fun to watch. So, you know, the entertainment starts tonight. So you got postseason weather in the afternoon out there, though. We've got Pretty much. none of that here. Man, it's, it's going to be in the 90s here, man. That's great. It's a... Uh, yeah, well, I hate pitching in cold weather. All right, do you like you, you like the uh, you like one of those guys that likes pitching in the heat? Yeah, the ball you, you get you get a sweat going easier. You just feel better. I always hated uh, cold weather, so probably feel Teron pretty good. Always hated pitching on the on the West Coast. He's pitched better there recently, but for he had a lot of bad starts out there, and always complained about not being able to grip the yeah. ball because the low humidity there. Um, I'm same way, which didn't make sense. He pitched great in Denver, you know, at the at the altitude where it's dry as a bone. The like, twilight you know. zone. Nothing counts yeah, in Denver. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're probably right. <laughs> it's a humidors, humidors, yeah. and all that all shit. All kinds of shit yeah. going on. Um. So Brian McCann says the Braves are ready to roll. That they got big moment guys on this team, and that that's that they crave big situation, and that's the kind of guys you need in the postseason for success. Freddie Freeman says his elbow is not at a hundred percent. But it, but that it's good enough. It's not going to stop him. He's not he's not concerned at all. Uh, before Sunday's series finale at New York, Freddie said about himself, but also about the team in general. He said, "Obviously, we want to score some runs today, just to get going. But whatever happens today, whatever happens this weekend, no one's going to be thinking about it on Thursday. We're going to be ready to roll." And that's kind of the yeah. gist of what everybody I talked to said. Um, in especially the veteran guys who've been there before, been to postseasons, multiple postseasons, they all said, you know what? This shit doesn't mean a thing when Monday gets here. You reset, you start over, like like Josh said, all the numbers go back to zero and it's on. I think the only time that, that how you're playing to to finish a season really matters is if you're one of those teams that just rides a hot streak into the postseason and you kind of just never yeah even if you just like if you just yeah. barely sneak into the wild card game and then win that thing and you're just on this roll you know where the adrenaline never really yeah. stops but you know most teams that right when I you agree. clinch with like a week 10 days left in the season there's kind of like this come down from it where you're just looking forward to that matchup you know you're already thinking about the next teams you're playing and you know you can say whatever you want about it you know you just focus all the way through but it's just not it's not natural to do that. You're looking at the playoffs like, man, who are we facing? You know, what? let's get to that because you kind of had this goal the whole time. 
And I, I think the only time it really, really you look into it at all is if it's a team that's just riding a hot streak and sneaks in. Yeah, I would agree. I think those teams, I think there's a reason why six wildcard teams have won the yeah. World Series in the wildcard era. So that's like basically one every three years, which is way beyond what it should be statistically. Um considering that's uh, theoretically the worst teams getting in, the ones that snuck in. But I think there's a lot to what you said. Those teams that have to play all the way to the stretch can never took their foot off the gas, and they don't have to kind of hit reset and start over again. But with the exception of those teams, I think you're right. I think the rest of the teams kind of go in at all uh, zero zero, and you start over. I mean, the rest doesn't really matter what you did in the last week when guys were – you know, they were getting to work in. The Braves were using relievers in situations they wouldn't normal just to get an inning in. Melanson's pitching the eighth inning, you know, with a, a down down a few runs, it, it, that kind of thing. And Freddie's coming out after two ABs in the last game. Um, so it wasn't a whole lot of normality to it. Acuna didn't play at all the last four when he would have played, when the groin was a little sore, but he would have played in their normal situations, but they weren't going to dare risk it, you know, even though he had 40-40 in his grasp if, they, if he'd have got three more steals. So I just think it all goes to showing the last week as much as uh, fans and, and and players, too, want to win. Players have a little better perspective on what those games mean, especially if they've been to the postseason before. It, it feels like spring training, honestly, yeah. when, you know, you clinch early and you're just you're just playing these games. You know, you as a player, you want to be chasing something. Yeah. And once you stop chasing something, you know, once home field settled and, and it's kind of that that picture became clear. It's just kind of like, all right. Uh, let's just bang these games out, get these September call-ups, some at-bats, and and really just make sure we're 100% for the postseason. So it's almost like, you know, you let off the gas a little yeah. bit and just play cautious. But, you know, like with those wildcard teams, I always think there's a big benefit to be playing uh, house money where yeah. you thought, you know, you thought your team was out of it or you feel like, you know, we don't even we didn't even know we were going to be here or whatever, you know, it's, it's kind of a way that it takes that pressure off versus a team that has these super, super high expectations, um, of like a you know if you're the Dodgers you're playing with pressure because everybody expects you to win the World Series right and I think the Braves too you know you're playing with pressure but if you're a team that just snuck in like even the Cardinals you know no one was talking yeah. about them being in it they didn't really sneak in but um, just teams that you know the expectations are lower or you're you're playing in a situation where you had to really battle and then all of a sudden you're just here in the playoffs it's like man I don't even know we were what we're doing you know and you don't have time to think about it or put expectations on yourself you're just playing I, I think it's a benefit but. With the Braves, man, it's whatever. Last week, who cares how it goes? You're looking forward to this, and you're ready for tonight, and yeah, and everybody yeah. will flip that switch tonight or Thursday. Um, uh, sorry, and, yeah, and, and and which and like what you said, I think it even even goes uh, to to underscore that. I think what made it even feel more like kind of like spring training and nothing more was the Braves going into that. It looked like going into the last week they would have, they'd be chasing that three guys with 40 homers thing, which they'd have been only the fifth team and that they would be chasing that Acuna would have a chance of becoming only the fifth player ever to uh, get 40, 40. But those things went both by the wayside when Acuna did his, his growing at Kansas city got, and so they shut him down for the last four. And when Freddie stayed home, for the Kansas City series to rehab his elbow. Both of those kind of those those two goals there that the Braves as a team could have been really got behind and got excited about. Both of those went out the door. So it's all of a sudden you're playing truly meaningless games where you're just trying to stay yeah. healthy or as healthy as you can and and get to the postseason. Yeah, you, you, if you're talking about teams playing house money, if you're sitting on a blackjack table playing somebody else's money versus 
sitting at a table playing fake money. That's kind of like what that yeah. last week of the season comes down to. There's just there's no rush or adrenaline to it. You know, you're just kind of like, yeah. especially in Kansas City, Jesus, it was dead there. Uh, yeah, you run into a you know that's kind of a you, what you taught me was a trap series <laughs> where you just don't yeah. really expect much out of it, and then all of a sudden you get <laughs> swept and whatever. But I yeah, I put zero stock into anything that happens after you clinch. Yeah. And then the bats at home, you know, you got swept there, which is not ideal, obviously, uh, especially since you didn't face DeGrom. But they had some good pitching, and, and you know, the crowds were pretty good there. They were they were behind the Mets. They were trying, you know. Braves had a few things go, did not go their way, and there you go. Next thing you know, they they had the last game won, though. <laughs> yeah. That's after Echeverria. Then, uh, you know, a guy gives up the home run who's not going to be on the playoff roster. I mean, Grant Dayton gives up a three-run walk-off after the Braves go up two, and after Echeverria and Ortega hit home runs. So, yeah, no. Whatever. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. It, yeah. 11 inning walk-off. And even if, if you were in a situation where the Mets were trying to get into the wild card or playing big games there, yeah. I think it's a totally different series too, just because of the energy, you know, that, that yeah. kind of wake you up too. But right. when everything's settled, man, it's just kind of like, all right, here we go. Let's, let's get to the postseason. Uh, so Dallas Keuchel finished the season with three consecutive losses in which his ERA was over six. And that was after going five and O with a 0.97 ERA in the previous six. And then there's the growing of, we already talked about Freddie Freeman. Then there's the growing of Ronald Acuna Jr., and you hate to say that so much of a team's fate kind of depends on the health of a 21-year-old's growing <laughs> or any other part of a 21-year-old. Yeah. But the Braves need Acuna. They need Acuna at the top of their order doing what he does, I think, speaking of you know, sparking the offense, to really have any chance of making a deep postseason run. I, I mean, Freddie Freeman is the most important guy on this team, I think, overall. But Acuna's right there as far as the offense is concerned. And when he's not in there, you see what happens. They're just not the same offense at all, even though Dansby had a four-hit game leading off in Kansas City. It's still not the same as when Acuna's up there doing what he can do and always that threat to hit the first pitch out of the ballpark, you know, or homer on the first at bat. Yeah, and you know, the thing that that scares me more about Freddie is his elbow, his elbow to me looks – like it's 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 bothering him, yeah. Um, and that just that sucks, you know. That's unfortunate because of the timing of it. But yeah, you still want him out there at at eighty percent or seventy percent. Um, you you. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're going to try to win a World Series, you want a hundred percent Freddie Freeman. But I don't think that's an option. Even maybe not even this year. But who knows? You know, sometimes you can shoot some guys up with. There's some shots you can get that like once a year that kind of yeah. kill some pain and take stuff take care of stuff. Right. But with Acuna, man, I mean, I'm pretty hopeful with him because a lot of young players don't even know the difference between pain and injury. You know, that's slight discomfort for him. It might be his first uncomfortable groin of his life. Right. (laughs) You know, it could be his first time his hips ever bothered him in his life. So um, it's it's you kind of learn as you go through the years um, what kind of pain and, and, you know, discomfort is okay to play through and things that are going to turn into an injury or yeah. how to kind of uh, finesse that whole thing. So with him, man, it, it's probably nothing. If, yeah. if he's saying it, he's probably just like, look, I don't know. If, I've never felt this before in my life. I'm 21 years old. But when, when Freddie's having to come out of games, it's scary. Yeah. You know what? I think you're exactly right on Acuna at, at Kansas city. 
he does that thing where he goes after that ball and he kind of pulls up and he's limping a little bit. I think a veteran player does that. Marquecas does that. And this is not to say Acuna is a, is a baby or anything, because he's not. I'm no. just saying another guy doesn't even show that limp. He's like, okay, this hurts, but I'm not gonna fuck, I'm not gonna limp here and all that. And it just keeps playing. And I think he probably got a little scared. Acuna's like, oh shit, this hurts, you know. And it probably is perfectly yeah. fine. You know, I think I, I, I will be surprised if he's not perfectly fine in the postseason. Now, they need him to be, and I think it, when you probably will not even be able to tell that he had a groin issue the last so. week when when that first pitch is thrown Thursday. I really don't. You know, when you're when your prize player, you know, your superstar uh, young guy like that gets as anything happened, the team's going to be, you know, way overly cautious with it because you can't lose him for the playoffs, like you said. And you're just you don't you know he doesn't know that either or what he's really doing and you know as far as playing through injuries and it's it's not a, yeah. a question of toughness it's at all it's just you have to explore all that and kind of see what you can tolerate and and what's going to lead to you know further injury or if it's just like oh yeah I just kink something I might wake up tomorrow but either way you know he did the right thing telling the team because uh, if he were to push it then that's how it could turn into something otherwise they said look we're just going to be extremely cautious shut yeah. you down the rest of the year chill out we need you for the playoffs and and they did the right thing they did the smart thing yeah it's like Soroka last year uh you know with the uh with the shoulder he was uh, he said later you know that it ended up being something that he was glad he said something about, but he could have kept pitching with that and probably gotten through the season but it was no reason to do that you know in his first major league season. But he's another of those guys that had never had an issue like that. And he got a little bit alarmed, you know. You're like, oh, this ain't this doesn't feel right. I've never had this in my shoulders. So it's like, yeah, they get a little scared or they get a little uh, concerned. So, yeah. And I think you're right about Freddie, too. He's played through so many issues, so many pain, so much pain that for me, for him to agree to stay home in the last week of the season for a series tells me it was pretty bad. He's hurting. Yeah. Yeah, he's hurting. It's it's for me. It's I can see it when he's swinging and and just how he carries his arm. Yeah, when he's moving and running around. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses for him if he doesn't hit or anything, because I think you know he'll he'll find a way to put it together, and I'm sure they're going to give him some anti-inflammatories or anything they can to make him. You know, guys get toward all shots and stuff in the postseason. That you obviously yeah. you can't do that all year, but um, for the playoffs, you're kind of a lot more willing to try things to to feel good out there. But you know, it's if Freddie's. Freddie's been through it, so yeah. he'll figure out a way to to get it done. The, <laughs> when I think about guys, you know, not understanding injuries and stuff, uh, you know, just an example, uh, Luis Avalon had his first cramp of his life. <laughs> he looked like mound. he'd been assassinated. <laughs> I remember it. We thought, we thought he'd had – we, you know, we were watching, and he throws this pitch to home, and he just grabs the back of his leg and goes down in just agony. He's pounding yeah. his fist on the mound. Yeah. He has no clue. We thought his hamstring ripped off the bone. You know, we yeah. were kind of down in the bullpen like, man, we just lost this dude for a <laughs> yeah. season. You know, this yeah. is so sad. Uh, he was about to have a big year. He's throwing the ball really well. How are we going to get Avalon back? He gets carted off the field. Yeah. Like, Shit, man, he's he's done. Maybe his career. Yeah. I don't know. ACL, I come into, uh, hamstring, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I come into the training room because I pitched after that. I come in the training room, and he's in there just drinking Pedialyte uh <laughs> on the on a trainer's table i go up to him i'm like hey man i'm so sorry dude uh look you, you know if you need to talk or anything and he goes oh i'm okay it was just a cramp it was just a cramp yeah. <laughs> are you serious and, so and we lost was, it we were all thinking how long is he gonna be out a month two months years i thought season. years <laughs> he didn't even miss a game man <laughs> 
He said they told so, him, he said, I, I drink a too many Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that just kind of gives you an idea of like a younger player that, you know, just doesn't know what he's feeling, you know, and he yeah, doesn't know the pain right. or whatever. But you got to speak up if you feel discomfort. You know, that's how, that's how a lot of guys wind up actually getting seriously hurt is by not saying anything yeah. or whatever. So, you know, maybe maybe it's just something minor with Acuna. I'm not, I'm not really worried about him. I think he'll yeah. be fine. Freddie, the problem with Freddie is, man, is – you can see it so obvious yeah, in that yeah. he's not driving balls to the opposite field. That's that's, yeah. that's what he does all the time. He just hits ropes over there, and he's not hitting the ball with authority to the opposite field. No, he um, hit one the other day that was like probably eighty miles an hour off the bat, and it looked like he was going to crush it. And it's just, it's just not. Yeah, you know, he uh, he had two homers on September first, and he hasn't homered since then. He's OPS to barely over six hundred since then, and that was after OPS and like eleven hundred in the twenty five games before that with a ton of like 28 RBIs, something like that. Uh, you know, he was having a career year. Yeah. And and he still had a career high in, uh, in homers and RBIs. Who he, I think I think he could have had, you know, 42, 43 homers and 135 ribbies. I mean, it's a shame. But uh, all that will be forgotten is if, if he can get healthy enough to get this team, you know, to the LCS, possibly even the World Series. But, you know. It'd be a shame if it curtails his uh, performance or inhibits him during the division series. You know, I'd hate to see that because it's a guy that cares more as much as anybody on the team, as many as much as anybody that I've covered. And you'd hate to see his his opportunity uh, thwarted. Yeah, I need by, to numb him up, a, man. I'm, injury. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking whatever shot the team will give me as far as pain I, goes. I, you know, for and, the playoffs, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, and I don't. Th- I think you're right. I don't think he he didn't want to do it for the regular season, then have to right. do it again in the playoffs. But I think if if it'll get him through the playoffs, I think he will do it. Obviously, yeah. If that's what I it think takes. he should. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Um. So, so neither of these teams goes into the postseason with the kind of momentum that you that you would have preferred. The Cardinals lost four in a row to the D-backs and to the stumbling and injury depleted Cubs before winning a game to clinch in the last weekend to clinch the NL Central. Meanwhile, the Braves, that got swept by the Mets in New York on the final weekend, they dropped five of their last six games and lost 11 of their last 19 after that 17-2 and surge that included eight- and nine-game winning streaks through September 7th. And that was when that put them in control of the NL East race and pretty much ended it right there. But they have not been the same since then. I, it's been an inconsistent offense. Uh, like I mentioned, Keuchel. He hasn't been the same. Uh, each of the other starters had at least one bad start in that span, except Fulte. Now he's pitched. As, he's he's he goes into the postseason hot. pitching as well as he has all year. Yeah, very hot. So you know, and the pens doing. And the pens fine. The pens. The, those guys are fine too, especially the big three there. So they're they're, they're they, really it's about the offense and getting it back going. And you at least need to have Acuna back healthy and doing his thing. And Ozzy, you know. He's been he's been pretty much he's been okay in the last few weeks, but you got to get JD going back going again because he's really cooled off, uh, and Freddie obviously. So you had all these guys going, man. I, there was a point in June and even early July where I thought this team has a legit chance if they go head to head with the Dodgers can beat the Dodgers. I thought they could, and maybe they still can. But yeah. the offense then was a juggernaut, and now it's like it's spotty, it's inconsistent. So is the Cardinals' offense. So. You know, they might have they might have got fortunate with their first round opponent. 
You know, I I feel like it all just it all goes off of Freddie. Yeah. Uh, with this offense, if if he's locked in, then then the entire offense just seems to flow, and you you don't have much chance to really see what they are without him. You, you know, because he's always in the lineup. He plays no yeah. matter what. But um, I I just for me, I don't think anything matters. How you've been playing, how you've been swinging, how your September was. Really, I don't put any stock into all that because the setting changes so much for the playoffs. You know, your emotions change. The The crowd's going to be wild. Uh, as a player, you're aware of how big the games are, and, and that can have a big uh, big impact on just your mentality. Um, but it, pretty much everything changes, man. It's like a reset. It's like going from spring training to opening day. Or, yeah. you know, it, it's it, all of a sudden, it's just everything's so amplified, and you find out how different guys react to it. Because some guys kind of crumble, and other guys, man, they just have this gene where the brighter the lights, the the more they yeah. do, you know, I, and so you kind of, you kind of find out what guys are made of in the playoffs. So, I mean, Acuna, you know, it, it could, Acuna, everything could change. Acuna has been that guy with the bright light yeah. so far in his career. I mean, at every, yes. and you could point to a lot of moments, like when he had had the, the five games in a row where he hit a home run to start. I mean, everybody knew three in a row he'd, 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 he'd homered in the first inning, five games in a, in a row he had homered, three in a row he had homered in the first to start the game. And he kept doing yeah. it, and everybody knew what he was going to do, and he kept doing it. And then finally Miami ended it by throwing at him. But there's been a lot of yep. times like that. And look at last year. The only game they won in the postseason against the Dodgers, he hits a grand slam, you know? I yeah. mean, he's he's got that in him. So as long as he's healthy, yeah, he does. Now, I think they, he gives them a fighting chance to start, you know, if he can start a game with a home run or the double and, and then Ozzy can drive him in, just changes everything, man, when he's when he's Takes healthy. Takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cardinals, they got, you know, they've been sputtering offensively, but they got the hottest pitcher in the NL over the last three or four months in Jack Flaherty. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and they also have a stellar rookie starter in Dakota uh, Hudson. And they got Adam Wainwright, who's pitching at a really high level down the stretch. I, I didn't think Adam Wainwright had this left in him, but he's been pitching really well. So, uh, they're they're no easy matchup with the pitching. The, the Braves are gonna they're gonna need their guys to to be on top of their game with uh, uh, Fulty in some order. Fulty, Keuchel, and Soroka. We're thinking Soroka's probably game three because when the Braves moved his his final start back from Wednesday at Kansas City to Sunday at New York, it made it pretty apparent they didn't plan on starting him in at least not in game one because he'd be on short rest. But other than that, we don't know what the order's gonna be. But it looked like they were doing it to set it up to take advantage of the fact he's got the major's best road ERA. And, I mean, a run better than anybody else. Um, 1.5-something you're talking about on the road for the year as opposed to over four at home. So it looks like they're going to pay deference to that. I know some people say you're you're you're, you're uh, gambling by by not giving him two starts because if he starts game three at Houston, or St. Louis, uh, that assures he won't start twice in the series. Although, as Snit said, he could come pitch in relief, you know, in game five if needed. But – that's the gamble you take if you do that. Now, you can start game two and still get two starts. But, again, why would you have moved him back and start him game two? Because then both of his starts are going to be at home. Why not just start him game one? So, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, got a I feeling wonder. it's going to be Keuchel and Fulte in, yeah. in one order or the other. And then and then him and uh, uh, Soroka in game three. And 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 either Freed and Tehran in game four. And the way Freed has pitched at St. Louis, uh, you know, and, and then down the stretch up. And, and and Tehran struggled down the stretch. Got to think to probably be free. It's, it's got to be Keiko game one then. 
if you know just with the experience and everything i bet that's where they're leaning yeah um, you would think so yeah and and not worry about faulty getting all amped up about it because he's got four days to think about it and he can get excited man yeah let him take Fulte. in the game and 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 let yeah. the, for a second before you throw him out there and i you know i think he wants redemption from last year i know he does i remember talking to him about it um i know he's going to be fired up for the start so uh, you know, he's going to come out blazing and, and you kind of want to, I'd like him to take in a game yeah. and, and get a feel for the atmosphere and, and kind of soak it in. So it doesn't all hit him at once. Yeah. But with, uh, you know, with Soroka, I feel like he must've said out loud that he doesn't like pitching at home as much. Otherwise it'd be so tempting to try to get two starts out of yeah. a guy that, you know, could, you know, he's competing for a Cy Young. Uh, he had a huge year. So it's gotta be something like that where it's, it's known that he prefers pitching on the road. Yeah. And I'm curious why Flaherty's not starting game one for the Well, the he just Cardinals. pitched. I guess they, they needed him. Yeah. They, they needed need him. him to get in there. So yeah, that's why. But his he's actually got better numbers at home. So maybe there's they're they're gonna match him up with Soroka. Yeah, they are. He's not pitching until the first game back at home. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be a good game to watch. Um Yeah, I, I like what you said about holding Fulty back for let him take it all in. Instead of getting yeah. so amped up, I just I, I just think he'd be so amped up, overamped for that. And he did that yeah. the other day in game one. And, and, and but it, the clinch game, he pitched terrific. But yeah, he did. He got excited. He, he admits he gets excited a little overamped sometimes. So uh, I, I like him game two. And here's the thing: say say they come back home for uh, for game five, or, or, or say game four is a clinch game for or, or, or an elimination game. I like him out of the pen. Yeah. yeah, and I like Keuchel in a clinch, in a clinch or elimination game with that pressure of an elimination game, particularly. God forbid you face an elimination game in Game Four. I like Keuchel coming back, especially if he, maybe he didn't pitch great in Game One. I like him coming back in a Game Four more than I would like Fulte trying to come back in a Game Four. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree 100. percent You know, it's not it's not a knock on Fulty to say yeah. that um, he needs just to wait been to there game to it. I just no, and just knowing your personality for for right. me too. You know, if, if I was going to start a playoff game, I wouldn't mind taking one in the day before either because right. I, I got a tendency to get amped up myself. And you know, the first time I pitched in the wild card game, I it was just different, man. And it, it you know, it was almost like my major league debut again. And you can be, you can, you have to go through it, you know, and, and that energy is just hard to contain and, and you're just fully aware of what's at stake and it's hard not to get amped up, but, you know, taking in a game, I think would be really good for him. And, and, you know, he's going to be amped. And Keiko said, he said, man, I don't care where I start. I'm getting, I know right. I'm getting one, one, two or three. I've pitched wild card games. I've pitched game one. I've yeah. pitched game three. He's pitched world he's series. Smart. He's made world series starts. So yeah, that's not going to, none of that's going to affect him. That whole hoopla of the day before press conference, you know, which they do, for each, they do for each game, but it's going to be particularly big for game one. There's just so much attention focused on the game one starters that, uh, yeah, yeah I, I like him in that situation. If that's the way Yeah, that's goes. my guy for game one. It's interesting, you know, regarding uh, Soroka on the road, and then if they do pay deference to that and start him on the road, which I, it looks like they're going to, um, he had an interesting thing to say because I had a and, – and you're the guy I wanted to bring this up with you anyway. I had a sinker baller who we both know, and I won't mention him, get him in trouble. But he told me that it's been known for years that brave sinker ballers have asked that the mound be raised yeah. at Turner, Turner Field and now at SunTrust because it's one of the lowest in baseball. Now, when I said this on Twitter, people, of course, think they know everything, said, 
all the mounds are exactly the same in major leagues. It's said in the rules and they measure it and it's a fine if you don't. And I said, that's that's the rule, but that's not the way it is. Can you as a pitcher please assure these people that all the mounds are not the same in the major leagues? Some are higher. Every, every mound's different. Yeah. Every single mound. And, it, you know, it's funny because it, the, the ground screws are actually pretty consistent how they build them. Uh, right. But, you know, every time I pitched in Philly, I just felt unbelievable off that mound. And then I'd go right. to Florida and I'd just feel like I hadn't thrown a ball in six months. So, you know, yeah. there's certain mounds that you just don't feel good off, and that could be a situation. I know another thing was um, Derek Lowe used to always ask him to to water down the plate, you know, the the uh-huh. water down the dirt in front of home plate, uh, because that right. can help a sinker. It can help a sinker guy a lot. Um, just takes a little bit of velocity off that ball, that first b- uh, bounce off the dirt. Um, and I know they didn't yeah. really want to do that either. So if, uh, yeah. you know, if that's a thing where, cause you know, that, that can take away some hits from your offense and maybe that's just an organizational thing yeah. or, or the grounds crew itself doesn't like to do that. Um, I remember we used to ask for that a lot though, and, and it didn't really get done, uh, for Dodger one reason Stadium or another. Mount. It's high. Yeah. It's high, right. I, I hate Dodger stadium mount. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, for me, it's just different. You know, each guy's delivery is different, but as far as like, um, you know, hooking it up for a sinker ball or maybe you, I feel like a grounds crew should just ask, how do you want it? And that should be how it's done, but it doesn't always work out that way. But every single mound in the big leagues is different. And yeah. I know a lot of teams do kind of, they, you know, the, the Mariners used to tailor it to just, their team. Yeah, The Mariners used to just dump buckets of water in front of home plate for Felix. Cause he threw all yeah. those changeups and yeah. sinkers and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's not something they want to do. I don't know, but I do. I know well, for a fact, every mound's different. I was also told, yeah, and and every pitcher has told me that too. And they said there, that's an inch or two difference. And I've been told that one of the, (laughs) yeah, I've been told that one of the coaches actually has kept a uh, uh, doc uh, is documented that the the mounds on each ballpark shot it from the shot pictures from the same angle at every ballpark, so they'll be able to compare the difference. Yeah. Um, making a pile of dirt, told, you know, they're not going to be <laughs> the exact same anywhere. Yeah, it's a pile of dirt. I was also told that the infield at uh, Gwinnett at AAA is actually more conducive for the infielders, for the pitchers, than, than yeah. the one at uh, at SunTrust, that it's a perfect infield at Gwinnett. It's not the case at SunTrust. Yeah, you know, so sometimes it's it – but, see, that's the way that you kind of cater it. If, if you're the grounds crew, you're supposed to kind of cater it to um, – and I'm not banging on anybody. Right. I don't know if they do or not, but right. it's just from in theory. Yeah, Braves got a hell of a grounds crew. Yeah, if, if, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what they're doing. But if I'm not there, but if you know, if you got a sinker baller, um, you want to you want to grow your grass long, right? You know, you uh-huh. yeah, it, uh-huh. you just do all these little things you can because the game inches, and you hear that all the time. But it really is. You know, a ball misses a guy's glove by you know a quarter inch, and you lose a game. So you just try to do those little right. things you can to help out your pitchers as much as possible, and vice versa. If you're facing a sinker baller and you got a fly ball guy, you know, mow a damn putting green in the infield so everything scoots through. It's just that's just kind of you know basic logic for me. And the Braves have a lot of ground ball pitchers now too. Yeah, so you'd want to kind of try to hook ones. that up. Yeah. Long grass and and wet uh, in front of the plate. Remember how high the grass used to be at Wrigley Field? Jesus Christ, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's like going to a city park. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's awesome. It's awesome for pitchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the Braves they go into this thing. They got plenty of veterans who've been there and had playoff success, and I'm pretty sure. They'll make sure the lackluster finish doesn't carry over into this week. I think nah. more so than, say, this team 
even a year ago, with the additions of Keuchel and McCann, who played for the World Series championship team in Houston, uh, I mean, they had a lot of success there in, in the last couple of years. And Keiko went to three postseasons there. Josh Donaldson played in Toronto team that went deep. Uh, had, he, he had a team there that he believed could have won it all. I think they ran up against Kansas City. He, th- he thought that team could have won it all. Uh, I think he's determined to help this Braves team come up big. I mean, he doesn't know where he's going to be next year, what, how it's going to go. But these guys have talked all year about how special this team is. And it is special. And the chemistry and all that. I think that they will go into this thing, those those veterans, especially, and, and not even mention a guy like Nick Marcakis, who's 35 like McCann, who's locked in, driven. I don't think, they don't know if they'll have another chance to do this. I don't even know if McCann is going to play again. So I think they're going to make sure this Braves team Whatever their Knicks are, banged up, whatever, I think they're going to make sure they do whatever it takes to get the maximum they can out of what they've got. Yeah, and you just, you know, you look up and down this lineup, and I just, I see a lot of bright light uh, guys, you know, guys that are going to just spotlight guys, man. Like, I feel like Dansby has a tendency yeah. to make a big play or get a big hit. I know he hasn't been swinging well, and... Aussie too. Yeah, I just, you know, guys that aren't phased by much. Freddie's Freddie. I, I know JD, yeah. you know, just playing with him in Oakland. When shit was on the line, man, he just he always seemed to step up. And Marcakis isn't going to be phased by no. pressure. He's not he's not phased by anything. I feel like an airplane could fly right by his face and he wouldn't even blink. You know, he's just he's cool as it comes. Uh, B Max done it, yeah. been there, done that. You just look up and down the lineup, man. There's there's plenty of guys that I feel like can handle this pressure. And you know, it's the energy's contagious too. I don't know if you ever remember seeing that um, that clip of David Ross and Anthony Rizzo in the in the World Series at 16. Rizzo comes up to him and he's just he's just basically telling him he's having a panic attack, can't control uh-huh. himself. And Rossi's been there, done that. He's like, hey man, we all feel that way. Just breathe, <laughs> just <laughs> just hang tight and breathe. It's only going to get worse, you know. But having someone tell you that you know feeling that energy isn't a bad thing. Just having guys that have been yeah. through it before, you know, that kind of helps you through it too. Because then you just you know you embrace that discomfort and and that adrenaline and and the jitters and all that versus fighting it and feeling like it's a yeah. negative thing. So you know, there's guys on this team been there, done that. I'm I mean I'm honestly just from a fan perspective is where I'm at now. I'm just I'm real excited just to watch these guys, you know, and, and see what happens. Well, if one didn't know better, changing the subject here, if one didn't know better, one might have suspected that MLB (laughs) is flat out trolling Braves country on Monday when they announced the umpiring crews for the wildcard games in the division series because the crew chief for the Braves Cardinal series is none other than Sam Holbrook. (laughs) You remember Sam Holbrook there, Eric? Maybe Sam wants to hook it up, you know. Maybe he has to be a part of this series, you know. But I mean, if I'm him, if it's a borderline call, I'm uh, I'm leaning toward the Braves way, you know. Try to at least, <laughs> you know, maybe squash this thing and put it in the past, you know, hook hook something up this series. I don't know. Yes, the umpire who Sam Holbrook is the ump who made the highly controversial infield fly ruling in the 2012 Wild Card game between the same Cardinals and the Braves here in Atlanta. A call that lives in infamy among Braves fans who believed it squelched a comeback and cost their team a potential win that night, and who believed then and still believe that it was an absolutely indefensible judgment call by Holbrook. Yeah. 
And frankly, if you it's watch the replay one. of it today, <laughs> it looks as it looks as ridiculous now as it did then. I remember the shock, man. I remember the whole thing playing out. This, I mean, just being completely baffled. You know, well, it was so loud in the stadium. We thought we just scored a run. You know, we thought <laughs> we thought things were happening for us. And yeah. And then, and then I just heard everybody boo and screaming, and I saw Freddie just uh, on a beeline out there to left field where where Sam was standing. Freddie Gonzalez, yeah, Freddie Gonzalez, yeah. and and kind of arguing, and we didn't even know what the call was at first. We, we didn't even know what what could have gone wrong because you we know, weren't even thinking it feel fly, right? I didn't even think him feel fly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ball was in left left field. Yeah, but a shallow that left was the field. call. You know, that was the call. And the the crazy thing for me is that it didn't really get overturned, but we spent. 30 minutes on the phone with with MLB or whatever you would try to do the play the game under protest bullshit that's never done anything I don't think I don't know why that's even yeah. a thing but uh I remember when it was announced what the call was uh, shit just started flying on the field shoes water bottles yes. hats beer <laughs> I saw Dasani bottles flying from the upper deck and landing on people in the lower deck I mean it just it felt like a riot was about to happen and then there was like a there's like another 20 minutes of talking on the phone, booing, cleaning up. They kept trying to clean up the mess and the fans would just throw more down there. And yeah. then then they announced it again. You know, they they announced they weren't changing the call and it all just started all and over that, again. Just looked up and it was everybody threw their other shoe, whatever left they had, you know. It's like <laughs> there was just shit flying everywhere, man. I remember just looking up and it just looked like it was raining just random items that people had, you know, Dasani bottles and beer cans and everything and the, it was scary actually and they announced that the game and they announced that the game could be forfeited if they didn't stop throwing shit on the field <laughs> and they threw more shit <laughs> they didn't care I, you know I, it was that that's one of the craziest scenes i've ever been a part of and that doesn't happen in atlanta that just tells you how bad it was and that that's how was bad it charged was charged up man I don't, I don't know. know that was just the moment, you know, that was the yeah. moment where you felt like, you know, something's turning here. You know, this is our chance. This, yeah. is, this is where everything's going to turn on this moment. And those things happen, man. You catch a break and then you score three, four runs. And yeah. they don't happen where you get an infield fly like 230 feet out and then you overcome that and win so the game. You it was like, it once we didn't get that yes. call. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the playoffs. Not in a wildcard yeah. game like and that. And everybody knew it's Chipper's last game and he makes an error in that yeah. three run inning. So they're like, okay, this is the chance. This is, they're going to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know if the Braves would have came back and won the game, but I do know that it was an atrocious call and it had a big impact. And they lost six three in the last game of Chipper Jones' career. Uh, and really, when you're putting together the umpire crew for the first Braves Cardinals playoff game <laughs> in Atlanta, the first one since that <laughs> night, do you think that never even came up? <laughs> I bet it didn't. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> no, I mean some of the stuff you see, man, you just stuff just kind of falls through the cracks, but. I, you know, probably it did. And they asked him, are you okay with this? He's not going to yeah, back yeah. down from that. Yeah. You know, he's got to own it. And he's come back here and gotten booed every series since he's, he's already used to the hate, you know, but yeah, that, that, I don't, I don't question umpire's integrity. It's he won't take it personal. Yeah. And there's two teams on the field that don't hate him. It's, you know, it is what it is. He's going to get be, booed a lot though. That'd be every, funny. Every if they were, call he makes. That'd be funny if they were on a conference call, you know, when this announced, and, uh, you know, because Tory's not involved anymore and all that. Uh, he was the guy, the VP back then, that made the decision that, that, that said the protest is denied um, because of the rules. There's, there was a judgment call. And you can't overturn that, blah, blah, blah. Or you can't play in a protest because of that. Um, but anyways, it would be funny if they were having a conference call when they announced the umpiring crews. 
Uh, and the guy goes, okay, everybody good with that? And Holbrook's sitting there going, okay, yeah, I'm fine. Um, can I talk to you when we get off this call? <laughs> He's like, you, you do remember, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, but to, to recap, just for people that might have forgot exactly what happened, there are six-man umpiring crews in a postseason, two, more, two additional umpires for the postseason games. Holbrook was in left field. He was the left field ump. It's done ostensibly so that there are fewer calls are missed but and that the right calls are made. But I think the ironic, the cruel irony is that it might have been the reason Holbrook blew his, his call because his perspective on the play, I think, was so much different than he usually has. Yeah. The depth perception in the outfield, that kind of thing, that when he made the call, he probably didn't – I don't think he realized how deep how he was. Deep he was. Yeah. But if you don't remember, here's what happened. The Braves took a 2-0 lead on David Ross, 2 run homer in the second inning. Cardinals got three in the fourth, aided by the error that I mentioned, uncharacteristic error from Chipper. Uh, Matt Holiday homered off Chris Medlin. Med started the game. He talked about it last week if you missed that podcast. Go back and listen to that. If you missed that episode of the podcast, you're going to want to listen anyway on Tuesday because it was freaking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But... Holiday homered off Medlin in the fourth, pushed the lead to 4-2. Cardinals got two more in the seventh before the Braves scored a run in the bottom of the seventh to get within 6-3. So here we are, eighth inning rally. Braves have runners at first and second with one out. Angleton Simmons hits a pop-up that falls between the shortstop, Pete Cosma, and left fielder Holiday. They miscommunicated on the play. Pretty standard miscommunication. The ball falls in no man's land. Single, boom, blue pit, bases are loaded. Here we go. Uh, but they're not. So instead of having the bases loaded and one out with the pinch hitter Brian McCann coming up, who's one of your best hitters in the clutch like that, to the stunned amazement of the Braves and a raucous crowd of more than 52,000, and to the surprise delight of the Cardinals, I'm sure, Holbrook stepped in and made an infield fly ruling on the play. And never mind that the ball literally landed in shallow left field deep enough that Cosma had run back and pulled up, pulled off after, peeled off after running back, thinking that left fielder was going to get to make the call, make the catch. So the Braves and Freddie Gonzalez were just livid. So were most of the fans. And they started littering the field with the debris, as you, as you described, that caused a 19-minute delay Kind of thing we never see here in Atlanta, which gives you some idea how charged the place was, but also how brutal the call was. Uh, the Braves played the Garrison game at a protest, but like you said, nothing ever happens to that. With a, Joe Torre was the MLB's VP of Baseball Ops, and by the way, he played three years for the Braves and six for the Cardinals during his 18-year playing career, later managed the Braves. But he immediately denied the protest, said it was a judgment call, and thus couldn't be protested under baseball rules. Um, but obviously this is for those who play baseball or follow baseball. It's not what the infield fly rule is supposed to be for. The ruling exists so that the infielder can't let a ball drop on purpose and take advantage of runners who aren't running because you're not going to be running on a play like that. And you can get an easy double play, right? That's why it's there, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically why it's there and it's designed to help the team at the plate, not hurt it. And this didn't just hurt the Braves. It pretty much killed them, or at least killed their rally, their rally hopes. And like you said, you can't rally. I mean, after something like that, it's hard to do it twice. It's just that the momentum It just felt thing. like the whole place was deflated, yeah. And that we had all the momentum right there. Uh, yeah. Bases loaded, one out. I mean, just it's a devastating call. But, you know, you can't say we would have won that game. Um, no, no. 
You can't say it. You never know. I think you could have at least had a good chance of at least tying it. Yeah, I'm just a big believer in momentum, and that just felt like our moment to turn things around. And and we kind of had one of those teams that had a tendency to to get on a uh you know kind of a run after we caught a break or or big comebacks and things like that. Real resilient, but uh, man, that that call just hurt. I, I. I, just the shock, man. We just didn't know what we didn't even know what the call was. And then when he said it was infield fly, it was like it just hits you in the face again. Like, what the hell is this? You know, how is how is this happening? Yeah. And it was the craziest thing was that was the first wild card game, or maybe the uh, yeah. first year of it. So the atmosphere, yeah, first year of it. I'd never seen uh, Turner Field like that, and in, in even in the 2010 playoffs, or or yeah. like you know, kind of like a game seven. Atmosphere. It was an immediate game seven, but it was the first game of the playoffs having that atmosphere. It's I think the wild card game is like the best thing baseball's done in a long time. It it sucks as a player yeah. because your whole season comes down to one game like that, but the energy and and what that creates it's it's just it's it's ridiculous yeah. man like these two games the next couple of days the coliseum is going to be it, it might explode that that mount davis in center field if they put fans up there yeah. thing might fall down uh that's how crazy the coliseum is going to be and same with washington and it, you know it's just it's such a ridiculous atmosphere and then for that play to happen in the seventh eighth inning of that game it, it was just people were already just losing their shit anyway because it was such a cool game and then yeah, it just yeah, everything yeah. fell apart. And Chipper's last Chipper's game. last game. I think the only people the only people that don't like, I mean, because I was one of those people that when they brought in the wild card, I didn't like it, but I realized quickly that I didn't know, either. Uh, it, it it was good for the game because it kept so many teams in yeah. in that were would have been it kept the excitement going in a lot of cities. And then they added another wild card team, so they added a whole game. Uh, and uh, going back, it was initially just one wild card team, and it played a division uh, winner in a first round series. The team I covered with Marlins in 97 won a wild card. That was when there was only one wild card team. So they played the West winner in the first round, the Giants. And get this, how fucked up is this? There was a best of five series in the first round, and the Giants get home field. But the format then was two games in the in the city that doesn't have home field, then three in the city with three, home field yeah, advantage. Yeah, that's not right. So the Marlins no. start at home after winning the wild card in 97. They win the first two games. So the Giants, who won the West, the have to go home yeah. and sweep to win the series. That lasted, that's I stupid. think, just one year, and they realized, okay, that's dumb. They've got to go 2-2-1, two, two, yeah. and they changed it. But uh, anyway, so yeah, they added a second wild card in this whole wild card game. And yeah, it just keeps the 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 excitement going in so many more cities now until the end. What where, where before yeah. it, it, it was over in so many places before September rolled around, before ship before middle of August in a lot of places. It's a really good thing, and you know, I both teams that I was on that went to the wild card game, the 2012 Braves and the 2014 A's. The winner of that game won the World Series. Yes. So six times it's crazy it's yeah and i really think that it's just a momentum thing and and kind of just keeping that that adrenaline flowing through our six times a wild card team has won the world series like the 97 didn't have a wild card game but yeah you're right the momentum they just got to play right through the end they never they never take a pause and have to reset but um i I think the only people now that don't like the wild card game is the team that loses because it's the most brutal loss that you can possibly (laughs) have well, well. So in 2012, I think we won nine or ten more games than the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. can't remember. But you know, if you're in a situation where you you won eight, ten more games in the in the season than the team that beats you, and this team just sneaks in as a sne- second wild card and wins you in one game series, and then a call, maybe and then be, a call like that happens. Uh, uh, yeah, and they win the World Series, man. And you know, it's. I felt like 
like we had a few teams with the Braves I was on that could have won a World Series. And, you know, 2010, yeah. we were pretty banged up. We, we were missing a lot of guys. But 12, something like that happened. We had those teams that had that magic feel. But, yeah, man, the postseason is just crazy, man. It's just anything can happen. It, it You know, I saw somebody advocating for, like, you know, 16 teams making the playoffs and then have a three-game series or shorter series and things like that. And I'm like, man, if you throw the Marlins in the postseasons this year, they could win a series. You know, <laughs> you know baseball's crazy yeah, like you know, that. Anything I, can happen. I would try to find a way, as much as excitement as the wild card game is, I just think it's not fair when it all comes down to one game uh, because it doesn't truly measure a team when if a pitcher happens to have a bad inning or a call, go, you know, whatever. That's it. And I think that's too much leaving yeah. it to fate. I think one way you could improve it, and I know it's logistics, it might be a little difficult, but you could have a best of three series, even if you did it in two yeah. games or two days, because you could play a doubleheader on the second day if you don't want to lengthen this whole thing and go into November. You could play a doubleheader if necessary on the second day. They come back for game two, you play a third game if necessary. Why not? Yeah, I thought imagine about, how, I thought about imagine that. Imagine how exciting just, that would be, the second game of the doubleheader to clinch game. But your bullpen, man, oh, you'd yeah. have bullpen guys that would have to pitch twice in a day. That's that's pretty yeah. hard, and, and that's a big that's a big yeah. strength of a lot of yeah. teams. So that almost – you're starting back at a one-game series yeah. if you do that. But I, yeah. I, I think three games would be fine. You can play and three in three, three days. The problem is – Three in three days, why not? Yeah, the problem is then you got to get that day off to travel. Yeah. And then, you know, the Braves would sit around for five days. And you don't right. – that's a disadvantage too, to sit around right. too long without playing. Yeah, and I true. think that's part of the wild card advantage is those teams – you know, they play through that little downtime. You know, this is this is a hard time. I'd almost if I was coaching a team, I'd almost ask guys if they wanted to do live BP or something today. If I was if I was managing a team they like, are, that's gonna have three, four days off. They are working out. Yeah, they're doing yeah, they're, I would go harder than a workout though. I'd get guys live at bats and have them put some money on some shit or something. Well, kind of Acuna's taking Acuna's taking live BP. They're having their pitchers throw to him uh today and yeah. tomorrow and then they're gonna have a workout. I like that. Uh, and then they're gonna have a workout uh Wednesday, or they did it uh, yesterday and today, and they're going to have a workout Wednesday. So, um, so yeah, just to wrap it up on that thing. So it's uh, on the on that infield fly. So instead of Simmons reaching base, so what would have been a single because it didn't touch either fielder, uh, just landed with the bases loaded and one out. They had runners on first and second with two out, and I mean that's obviously totally different. People forget them. People forget you had one more chance in that game to score. To get back, yeah. Chipper had an infield single in the last in his last at bat of his career in the ninth inning. Freddie Freeman hits a ground rule double, brings up Dan Dan Ugla with two in scoring position, and he grounded out to end the game. And to start the resumption of more cup throwing onto the field. By the way, yeah, <laughs> they weren't yeah, done. As soon as it ended, yeah, they weren't done. Man, what no, night. I just what I don't know. I, there's some there's something about you know certain calls not being reviewable or overturnable. Uh, I don't understand it, especially if we're replaying certain things. I feel like if you're going to cross that bridge, you got to, yeah. everything's got to be. Yeah. There's just, there's some calls, if it's in front of an umpire or if it's a judgment call, things like that. I feel like Holbrook should have been able to ask around, like, hey, you, you guys think I dick that one up? And they could have been like, yeah, man, that, that ball's 260 feet. We should probably, we should probably, uh, let the runners advance and call that a single right there. It, I don't understand what the difference is. You know, I feel like you just, you got to get the call right. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dinosaur who still believes that sports were better before video replay review, but I know I'm in Me the too. minority on that, but if you're going to do it and you're going to slow these fucking games down so often, then do it yeah, on right. a call like that, where you don't have this controversies, use it. Whenever. Everything or nothing. The ruling should be, we use it whenever we need to use it to get a call. Right. Yeah. 
If you're going to use that, it, that's how to I feel do about it. it. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of dumb. They try to they try to parse all this stuff and oh, we're going to use it on this, but not on this, and on the fair ball, but not on the home run. It's just stupid, man. Uh, you know, you're going to replay a guy's foot coming off the base when he was safe by a mile, and then his foot comes off the base a centimeter while the guy might have had the tag on him and call him out for stuff like that. Yeah, you know, if you're going to go that extreme of getting totally, that call right, exactly. That's what I hate stupid. about it. By the way, that, that you brought that's that. what I hate too. I hate that rule. Because it's so yeah. against the spirit of the rule. Because what is accomplished yeah. by a guy's foot coming off the bag for a millisecond that's not even visible to the naked eye, and you happen yeah. to keep your glove on him? What part? How does that get to the essential like uh, uh, what baseball is about? I mean, that's been done for a hundred and some years. So, yeah. are you telling me that if if Ty Cobb had been able to if if they'd have been able to keep their f- glove on his foot and and he wouldn't have had as many stolen bases and would have been a cleaner better game because of that come on that's a dumb rule that coming off the bat no that's for a that's something that i feel like if they could find a way to eliminate that <laughs> that'd be great yeah, but but that's it's hard because you know, that's, then what do you tell them? We're not we're not looking for that rule. It's official. You know, the yeah, guy was stupid. off the base and he stupid. is out. You know, but dumb. So dumb. I didn't really. That's kind of what I don't like about it. And then you can't overturn an infield fly that goes four hundred seventy yeah, feet. Exactly. That everybody so. in the place can see with their naked eyes was a stupid <laughs> ass call. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff, man. I feel like it's just common the, sense. But and the other one they showed anything. ten times on the jumbotron. And the and 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 if you're a fan of one team, you believe it was one way. If you're a fan of the other team, you believe it was the other way because you still you see your eye sees what it wants to see. And some of these calls are so close. Yeah, and then and they some have of them have, seem like so obvious, and they still go uh, the yeah. other way. <laughs> and they still won't overturn each other unless yeah. it's so blatant. You know, that's what yeah. I hate too. They protect. They protect their own. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. We're getting off on a rant about the fucking video replay. Yeah. Um, hope it doesn't. Yeah. Let's just hope we don't have anything to talk about in the postseason with any of that. Yeah. So, okay, so the Braves since then, since that loss, the Braves have only been back to the postseason twice, both times losing to the Dodgers, three games to one in the division series in 2013 and again last October after the rebuild was completed and the new era began, which we are certainly in now. Uh, An era the Braves are confident they can take to the next stage with a playoff series win this year, despite being banged up. It would be... And this is unbelievable. Every time I say or write this, I, I I I go, Jesus, that's hard to believe. This would be the first playoff series win for the Braves since 2001. I, that's just mind-numbing. That's wild. I, it's mind-numbing to me. This team that used to go to the playoffs every year and went to so many LCS, too. Uh, won a World Series, went to three or four LCS. Um, they haven't won a postseason series since 2001, almost two decades. Shit, Mariners haven't been there since 2001, so I don't... <laughs> well, I mean, you got to be kind of grateful you've had all these series. <laughs> but, once yeah. this century, though. Once this century, yeah, they want to play. That's hard to series. believe, man, with all the good teams they've rolled out there. And, you know, like yeah. I said, man, I felt I, I felt like I was on a few teams that could have gone to the World Series or won it, and we we kept losing to the World Series teams. You know, we lost yeah. to the Giants. <laughs> we, they lost, uh, The Braves lost to the Dodgers, and they went. You know, we lost to the Cardinals in the wild card game. The Cardinals pretty much knocked us out in 11. You know, it's just like the there's just this – it's just crazy, man, that, that they haven't and won they, that. And, but 
uh, for a while they were so unfortunate, and the teams they went up against were buzz saws that went that yeah. were just at the worst time you could have faced them. Yeah, a perfect example. They faced the Cubs. The only damn year that Mark Pryor stayed healthy all year yeah. is the year the Braves faced him and Kerry Wood were two of the best pitchers in baseball. They were dominant. Yeah, and the Braves faced them that year, and uh, also, also Zambrano was a, was also on that in that staff. And the Braves, uh, I think that one, Chipper hit a couple of bombs in Wrigley to bring it home for game four, and they lost to Turner Field, but, uh, or game five, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, they, uh, and, and then the other year, Arizona. You remember Arizona, yep. who they faced yep. there with big unit and chilling, right? Yeah, that's that's a tough one so, to go up against. I don't, you know, I feel like the Nationals s- are the only team with that could have that kind of starter to throw at you this this postseason, and at least in the National League, I don't think Corbin, Corbin, uh, Scherzer, and yeah. Strasburg. Yeah, that's tough. But I don't, I don't think the Dodgers are as hot as they've been, and and the Cardinals have no. good starters. But I agree. You know, that's the type I of agree. thing that you, when you look at the Astros, <laughs> that that the, oh, you know, it's it. hard to imagine them not making the World Series. And it's going it, to take an injury to one of those, really, to one of the first two. I think. Yeah. To to. You know, to Garrett Cole or to uh, 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 what? Why can I? Verlander, yeah. Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole is going to have to get hurt probably. Grinky, as great as he is, I mean, their first three is ridiculously yeah. good. I think I think it's legitimate comparison. They're their big three right now to the Braves' big three. I do too. Because these three are all going. These three are all going to the Hall of Fame too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And they are right now on top of their game, despite having a lot of mileage on on Justin Verlander's arm. He is still on top of his game. I mean, this this guy's got 12 200 inning seasons. Yeah, that's it's just still, it's like, nuts what he's doing. I thought he was done, and he did too, like three, four, yeah. five years ago. But so did the Tigers, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think that uh, I don't I don't see a team that the Braves can't get through. You know, obviously in the postseason, you you need I agree. you need a little I luck. Agree. You know, you need things to kind of go your way. You don't want that uh, infield fly type of stuff happening. And maybe, right, and you got to get the offense going again. Maybe Holbrook hooks it up. You know, maybe. Maybe he makes, <laughs> and all night, maybe not even on purpose. You know, maybe he just Helps him out. makes it all right right here. And <laughs> maybe on the night behind, maybe on the night behind, he's behind a plate. He goes a little, uh, yeah, uh, Greg, <laughs> Greg, like the the game the Braves gave against the Marlins when Levon had the seventeen strikeouts. Oh, what if he did that and just and the strike lost zone his job, <laughs> just lost his job, but just tipped his cap to Braves fans on his way out? Said, "I'm sorry." <laughs> there you go. I was there, man. I was. I was covering that game when, this, when Levi was getting those calls six, eight inches off the plate. That was crazy. Oh my God. That's the craziest that, strike zone I've ever it, seen. He used to laugh about that. Ever, ever seen. He'd say they ever were all seen. strikes, man. He'd play that video in the clubhouse and just yell strike on everything. It, it was pretty funny to watch oh. it with him. Oh, Levi did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Levi, that's funny. I've had the one McGriff, the call third strike on McGriff. Fred just like, Laughed and turned around and walked back to. He's like, oh, "This is ridiculous." I mean, what are we going to do in the playoffs? And, and now guys are getting ejected. In the playoffs, guys get ejected in April yeah. now over a ball that's three centimeters off the plate. That's how much the zones change. <laughs> um. So yeah, the la- they the Braves they the last time they advanced to the postseason and and uh, won a game uh, was when they beat the swept the Astros division series two thousand one. They lost to the D-backs four games to one in the L- in LCS that year. And they have since then lost in seven consecutive series as well as the wildcard game. The nine consecutive 
playoff round losses. They call them playoff rounds because the wild card game is called a round. Yeah. So it'd be what? Uh, the nine consecutive playoff round losses by the Braves is the second longest in MLB history. Only the Cubs lost more. They they dropped 10 consecutive postseason rounds. But that streak stretched over 88 years from 1910 through 1998. The Braves have packed that, that into 10, uh, to 18 wow. years. So, yeah, it's been a, 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 a most frustrating couple of decades postseason-wise for the Braves. And I know they would like to get that monkey off their back in this thing. That's the way you got to look at it. We're due. But just uh, – yeah. Hey, look, going back to what you were saying earlier about we've talked about momentum and how it means really shit going into this thing. Unless you're, you know, like you said, your team on a roll, maybe like the Rockies were that year when the October when they won like 20 out of 21 or something. And then the Red Sox said, OK, that's cute, but we're done. Yeah. Uh, you're done now in the World Series. But they did cruise on that 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 momentum all the way to the World Series. But a study done by a group called Sports Insights last fall. I wrote about this in my story Sunday. They did a study last fall. They compared postseason teams that finished the hottest or the coldest in September in the wild card era, and whether since the second wild card was added, that is, and and they they to see whether it had any effect on playoff performance, whether you were extremely hot or extremely cold in September. The results might come as a surprise to a lot of people. It refuted the popular theory that teams that go in hot are usually the ones that fare best in the postseason. Because uh, based on September records, since the wild card was expanded to two teams in each league in 2012, and this was going into last postseason, so I don't, I don't count last postseason, uh, the 30 hottest teams in September entering the postseason, they had a combined 660 winning percentage in September. They only had a 489 winning percentage in the postseason from 2012 through 2017. Meanwhile, the 30 coldest teams who had a combined winning percentage of 519 in September actually had a better postseason winning percentage, 512, than the win the 30 teams with the hottest Septembers. How about well, that? I you know, I see studies like that and I just I have a lot of questions because it's like, you know. If you were already in and you're just playing hot, that's completely different than having to get in by playing hot. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if you win, you know, if you win your division and you're just a juggernaut, I don't, I don't feel right. like that momentum would really transfer. But you could still just it's like the kick everybody's ass. Teams. Yeah, yeah you could just kick everybody's ass in September because you're a good team and, and it, it works out that way. Yeah, but I I think of teams like like what you said, the Rockies or wild card teams, teams that sneak in for me. And you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I always just feel like. Um, that they just keep rolling, you know, like it oh, just, yeah. it's a hot streak that just continues. There are exceptions to every rule, and they certainly are the ones. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how that study really um, works, but for me, uh, it's you know, if you're just if you're in and you just happen to be playing well, that's not really momentum. As for, versus if you're trying to get in and you're playing for your life yeah. and your season's on the line, because I think the main benefit is that if your season's already been on the line for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, when you get into the postseason, you're used to playing with that pressure versus yeah. if you're just a great team and you have a good winning record in September, it doesn't really mean shit. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like a reset. So that's kind of my thought on it. I don't know how they did the study or whatever, but um, well, it just took I, it didn't take it didn't take into account how they got there or whatever. It's just took the teams yeah, with 30 I think circ- the, the circumstance yeah. is really important. They matter, obviously. And also. If you're a Brace fan, I mean, you gotta you gotta be a little concerned because I think there's a difference in losing 11 of your last 19 games 
when yeah. you pretty much had already clinched, like the race had. Losing them because you were kind of relaxing, getting things in order, you already clinched. Right. And losing 11 to 19 in part because you're banged up. There's a big or difference. You know, if, if it was like, you know, you had a nine-game lead and you're trying to clinch and you almost gave that thing away, you don't oh, want to yeah. feel like that. Oh, yeah. you, you don't want to roll into the postseason like that. You know, we were playing big games and we still got our ass kicked. It's, it's yeah. you know, the, the, the circumstance of the games for me is a, is a big difference where the Braves yeah. had already clinched. Uh, those next 10 games to me don't like mean Like that shit. September collapse the Braves had. Yeah, that's a bad way to go. Yeah. Right. Like if we would have got in, if we would have got in that year, who knows? It, you know, we, we could have still been we were already losing big games down the stretch yeah. and not able to it would put have been it away. tough to flip the switch that year <laughs> well it's tough to turn that momentum around because you're already right, playing right, right. big games and you're already finding right. out we suck in big games you know and you're finding just, that, uh, what, finding different ways to lose every night i mean that was unbelievable yeah, yeah it was that are you talking about that are you the september when you had the game you lost in miami when chipper lost a ground ball in the lights in the lights he, he made yeah. chipper said look Man, when you lose a game on a ball, you lo- a ground ball you lost in the lights, that's when things aren't going your way. No, that's a good sign that <laughs> that uh, momentum's swinging a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Yeah, just you know, stuff like that can. I, I don't know. If for me, it's it's about the circumstances of those games versus just looking at the record yeah. in a vacuum. Yeah, Josh Donaldson said last week. He said nobody wants to go into the postseason feeling bad. Talking about individuals or teams. He said, I know that. But once the season's over, all the numbers are cleared and it's all about winning ball games. You want to feel good about you want to feel good going into the postseason. But I've seen some guys go, he said, throughout the years who've kind of been cold going into the postseason and had monster postseasons, and vice versa, he said. He's seen both sides of it, you know, individuals. So just so much changes, uh, man. So much did everything yeah. changes. You know, the 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 pressure, the 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 atmosphere, it's a reset. There's no stats anybody's chasing. You're playing to win now instead of, you know, guys are always at least subconsciously playing for their numbers and their careers. All of a sudden everything goes out the window and, and it, anything can happen with any individual. You don't know how any individual is gonna react to this completely new atmosphere they're getting thrown into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've scuffled down the stretch, but still, they believe, man. They got the veterans. I'm not worried about these guys. They got the guys. veterans who, who say it enough that I think it filters down to all the newcomers and the rookies and the other 20-somethings. Yeah. They got these. They got the right guys setting the tone, if that means anything, and I think it, it does. does mean something. I'm not worried about these if guys. if you didn't have the right guys, if you didn't have the right leaders, I think this stretch could put them in a bad mental state going in, but I think they'll be in a great mood. I don't think in. they I care think one they bit. really feel yeah, I think they got the right guys for this. And the young guys like Acuna and Ozzy and Dansby, they don't know anything about those swoons the Braves had in September. Or and most of these guys couldn't give a shit about all the uh, this long streak of uh, losing in the first round either. They weren't around for that. They don't even know if the Braves lost those games. No. You know, most of them are so they don't young. Care. You know? So, couldn't even name a player on the teams, probably. Yeah. You know? Hey, and another guy, just one last thing. You know how there's always a lot of times, and they're really, and this is really true, It's uh, there's a guy like, like a Mark Lemke or Lockhart, Eddie Perez, who comes up huge in the yeah. postseason. And a lot of yeah. them, like last year, Pierce was a World Series MVP. Steve Pierce. Yes. There's, yep. uh, there's a guy every year, it seems like there's one or two guys in the postseason that come up that are the big heroes because the other team is focusing so much on not letting this guy or that guy, not letting Freddie Freeman or Acuna beat you. And there's this, there's this guy that comes up and does it, you know, off the bench Eric or whatever. Kinsky. Eric Kinsky. I think a good candidate for that, the way he's hitting, the way he's going, the way he might end up playing more than you think, 
you know, especially if Dansby struggles or whatever. I think a, a Danny Echevarria is a good candidate for that because he could end up also playing some first base if Freddie has any problems or, you know, I mean, he can play the whole infield. And this guy did, he's made an adjustment working with Seitzer since he came over. And he is a different hitter than he was with the Mets at the start of, uh, for most of the year. And he sucked and got waved in August. He's been hitting since he's been over here. And it hasn't been fluky. He's been hitting. I think he could be yeah, that guy. I, and he can play his ass off defensively. And he's great defensively. So there's no For, for me, it was, it was Charlie. It yeah, was Charlie until he got hit in the face. And, That's and, who I would have put my money on. But And he had some big moments in the postseason, too, with the Dodgers. And, yeah. 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 Matt yeah. Joyce, too, man. I think I think he's going to do something. He, he just could be, like too. He's, he's a prime candidate because he's going to get a lot of starts, obviously, against right-handers. But he's, I guess he's playing too well and playing too much to be a sneaky candidate to do something But he like still that. would. If he was big in the postseason, people would be like, Matt Joyce yeah. around the country. People would be like, exactly. didn't he play four? Yeah. Didn't he play? Yeah. Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that got dumped at the end of spring training when the Braves picked him up. So, yeah. yeah. Astute pickup there. It's good call. Yeah. Uh, Denny's a good call. Yeah. So... Anyway, all right, well, here we are. It's postseason time. Forget everything you've seen all year. It's been a hell of a year for the Braves, but I know uh, they really want to put the cherry on top of this thing by going making a deep playoff run. They do not want to be coming home early. Last year, I don't think they were too disappointed because I think they knew they were kind of overmatched deep within themselves, and when they look back on it, they knew that was a powerhouse Dodger team, and the Braves team was, you know, first year after a rebuild. This team has big expectations, and they're not—they're going to be disappointed if they don't win. If they don't at least give, get to the LCS and give the Dodgers a good run, six or seven games. I think I agree. Anything short of that would be a disappointment for these Braves. I agree. So absolutely agree. It's going to be—it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting, and it's going to be good weather. And it's going to be warm here in Atlanta. Probably a little cooler at night by then, maybe, but who knows? Who cares? Uh, here in St. Louis, they're not going to have. It's not going to be cold either place, so that's not going to be a factor. And uh, for pitching and the Braves, you know, their pitchers are healthy. You know, that's the important thing. You know, they got some, they're, they're dinged up some other places, but their pitchers are healthy and there's no reason why they can't uh, go toe to toe with the Cardinals as, from a pitching standpoint. So it's going to be fun. Hope you guys are uh, going to be listening to us. We'll be back on again Friday and we'll talk about uh, how the first game went, how the, how the series looks. Cause you know, so much can depend on that first game, man. Especially you win it at home. You like what you do. You like to set that momentum and get going. Yep. Um, get off we'll to talk, a good start. We'll talk again on Friday, though. All right. See you and Friday. 755 is real. Listen to us uh, on the app. And this one's free. Tuesdays are free on all the podcast sites. Uh, follow Eric on Twitter, EOF34. Me, D. O'Brien, ATL on, on Twitter. And we'll be back with you Friday. And hopefully for several more times this postseason. That's it. We're out. 755 is real. Later. Later.